Hi. Hello. I'm Alexis Hyde. I'm Erica Wong. And this is Hyde or Practice. we have Nick Maynard, founder of Practice, a firm of accountants for the creative industries. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Will you please do our listeners a favor of letting us know who you are, what you do, and why they are so lucky to have you in their earphones today? Sure, I'll try. So I'm... um... I founded Practice uh, last year. Um, I worked in the creative industries for quite a number of years. Before that, I, well, I am an accountant. Um, And um, I founded Practice because the creative industries needed an accountant that was kind of purpose-built for them. Um, And having worked with museums, galleries, um, artists, and various other kind of, with other creative businesses, I thought that I could make a difference and help out. And, um, and so uh, you know, practice was, was born. And um, the other kind of key component, the other thing that kind of split sets us apart is that, yes, we're an, we're an accountancy firm, so we do tax returns, bookkeeping, and all of the kind of, the, the, the sort of drag the sexy, the sexy The sexy parts. Yeah, we, the super sexy yeah, parts. Yeah, the super sexy part of accounting. But we also kind of recognise that actually, what founders of early stage creative businesses need is not just that they need help with data protection. They need help with kind of legal services. They need help with their first hire. Uh, once they've hired their first person, they need help onboarding and building a culture and thinking about way way more than just finance and accounting so we have expertise across finance but also hr legal and tech um and we learn a bunch more besides from people that we work with so we're sort of expanding our knowledge base all the time so useful and it's fun believe it or not (laughs) i do i believe it (laughs) <laughs> I believe it's so hard. I believe that it is really fun because I mean, finding all of those things and making, giving people tools to do their awesome stuff is like maybe one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's it's kind of really empowering. And you know, I came at accounting from kind of a funny angle. I mean, I guess you could say like uh, I come from like a long line of accountants. So to that extent, it's like you know, could have seen that coming. But like my grandfather was an accountant. My dad. I have like three uncles who are accountants a bunch of cousins my brother-in-law so you know you might have said the writing was on the wall but when I was a kid I wanted to be a, I wanted to be an artist I wanted to be an illustrator and I sort of distinctly remember my dad coming home from his his firm of accountants with like reams of this like 80s dot matrix paper which was like green and huge mm-hmm. and great for drawing on so yes. I sort of I sort of just spent my days scribbling on that and um and then there became a day where I was like Do you know what I should sell these things. I must've been like eight or nine at the time. And I suddenly, you know, the other part of my brain kicked in. And so, um, so the market wasn't great for those back in, back in the day, but, um, uh, kind of, destiny kind of of took hold and, uh, I became an accountant and, um, 
but I quickly sort of found that I needed to kind of make sure both sides of my brain were working. So uh, after I qualified, I worked for a large museum here in the UK uh, in the finance function, and then for a not-for-profit here in the UK, um, working with museums and galleries that, that you know, we helped museums, galleries raise funds and develop their collections. It was pr principally about museum collections and uh, collecting. Um, uh, an engagement with um, with uh, with museums and galleries, um, and then practice. Here we are. Amazing. So useful. I think I just think it's super useful. You know, it's just one of those things. Alexis and I talk about this all the time. It's you don't think you need it until you need it, and when you realize that you need it, it's too late because <laughs> then you're panicked. You're just like, holy shit, <laughs> what am I going to do now? Where am I going to find this? this human like this unicorn and then you go around and you ask your friends and they're just like mm, why would i think about that yeah so we kind of you know the way that we we work with a relatively small number of clients like i think the traditional accounting like operating model is offer quite a narrow range of services like this kind of statutory stuff that you have to do and then repeat that again and again and again and stack up tons of clients and you earn a relatively low margin on that work but you you and you work with tons of different people but we kind of intentionally set out to kind of invert that model and instead work with a smaller number of people but get quite you know develop quite a close partnership with those people so um you know that that's what makes the work that we do more fun and it and it adds quite a lot of value for the people that we work with so you know, we can start out just helping out with the books. Um, we can uh, and start from scratch. We, we sometimes help people uh, from the point at which they want to either incorporate or start their business. Other times people are kind of like, do you know what? We need to make our first hire and they're faced with this big piece of expenditure. And they're like, I have no idea whether we can actually afford to do this. And so sometimes we kind of come in, generally it's by word of mouth, and it's to solve a particular problem like, and normally the answer is, yeah, you can afford that. But we kind of help people sleep a little bit easier at night, knowing that they've thought through the process. They can afford it. And also, this is, these are all the other things you need to think about, like employment contracts, PAYE if you're in the UK, um, all of these other things. So what's one nugget of wisdom that you can pass on from your years of expertise? I think you kind of alluded to it a minute ago. It's kind of... Um, it's really easy to, you know, as sexy as, as kind of bookkeeping can be. Like, actually, it's, a, it's one of the easiest things to neglect. And um, it, it's kind of a mindset thing, which is be obsessive about admin if you can. And if you can't, find somebody who is and can be on your behalf so that you don't find yourself in the position where you're trying to unpick problems. Um, and if you can't do that yourself it's kind of then know how to find the right the right support network know how to find the right the right accountant which which can be like talking to friends like uh google's always a good place uh and i think with an accountant sometimes you can kind of judge a book by by their cover by its cover and so like go on their website if the website looks like it, it was like it's like web 1.0 like I know there's like kind of design trends that kind of draw on that kind of nostalgia, but you know, if it's not intentional, maybe, maybe don't go with that firm. So, um, 
you know, if somebody uh, sort of uh, puts the time and energy into their brand and their expression of who they are online, I think, um, maybe put them on the short list. Speak to a few people. And if people get interested in your business, um, then maybe they're the one to, maybe the one to run with. Good. No, I love that because I do think that um, it's it's easier to work. It's well, it's I, I have a, an accountant that I love, and I think that the reason I keep up with my accounting so much is because I found someone who is interested in what I do and wants to work with me. So it really it's kind of that like, what came first was it like my passion for administrative work, or was it the you know the accountant kind of sparking that in me because she made it seem, I mean, I definitely loved the admin for a long time, but it's been really nice to work with someone over the years who's been interested, who keeps up and who has, you know, keeps me aware of new things that are changing and like creative, you know, things to be aware of and things to, you know, we didn't have to do that last year, but we're definitely going to have to do this this next year as opposed to just, you know, let's check off some boxes and you know, turn this in and that's it. And then on to the next, um, because it can, it can be like a nice, like it almost, it becomes a collaboration when you find someone who cares about your creative stuff. Exactly. It's like any relationship kind of the more you kind of invest in that, in that relationship, the more you get back, um, the more you kind of tell your accountant about the work that you do, the stuff that's coming up, the better they're able to, the, the greater context they have to be able to provide you with, with valuable advice. And, um, you know, they can help you avoid pitfalls, but they should also be able to help you manage your cash, uh, give you confidence that you can invest in certain things, uh, take decisions that you might otherwise not do. So when it works well, it can be super empowering. Here's a question, um, because I actually don't know, because I have obviously my relationship and I don't actually talk. I feel we all just need to normalize talking about like our money stuff all the time because like we all have to do it and it's great. Mm -hmm. But if say I have, you know, a limited amount of cash at the moment, but I do need to think about, you know, the next couple of years is, would it be a weird thing to talk to an accountant or contact someone like you and be like, Hey, I can't have you on a regular basis. I can't afford it at the moment, but can I talk to you for an hour about like some plans or like where I'm at? Like, is there like a one-off option? Yeah, totally. We do that. We do that um, quite a bit. So um, we have like we have a whole kind of like business setup package where we kind of do like, you know, a couple of days of like planning and brainstorming. But oftentimes people have come to us and say that exact thing. They're like, I just need help to think about how I can get set up and how much I'm going to be able to afford to pay myself for the first few months. And those kind of questions you can answer quite quickly. And for a relatively small amount of time and money, you can go quite a long way, actually. Um, And it also gives you opportunity to kind of work with somebody on a bite-sized basis and work out if they're the one for you, like if they're the accountant for you that you want to work with as well. So um, uh, I think ask the question. And if somebody says, I'm not really, I don't really do that, then, you know, then you know that they're the right one to go with. But definitely, I think that's a really good question to ask people. It's good to know. That's really good to know. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who, it does feel when you're talking about having an accountant or like a financial, it just, it feels like a very long-term investment. But it could be a date. It could be like one date. Yeah. Do like kind of a speed date finance kind of, kind of session. In kind of, 
in sort of half an hour, an hour, you can you can cover quite a lot of ground, and you can um, and somebody can really kind of um, you, you know like can can help you go quite a long way with relatively limited investment. I feel like this vocabulary is not used enough talking about accountants. And I don't think so. I think it's a good way to look at it, though, right? I think so too. I think so too because I think accountants get a bad rap. They do. Well. Well, I think like the industry is kind of incentivized oftentimes to sort of wrap up kind of services and, um, uh, you know, in kind of really complex terminology, like, because we're selling relatively simple stuff, we're doing relatively simple stuff here. And um, uh, one of the things that we try to do is kind of demystify that and kind of talk in, in simple language. And so we focus quite a lot on our tone of voice and like our written communication and in our verbal communication and in our kind of visual language as well. Um, try to kind of take finance and accounting to the creative industries in a way that people can, can grasp. I love it. Um, here, what, so what would you say, so someone's starting a creative, their creative endeavor, I'm coming out, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to do this full-time artist thing for a little while. Um, what kind of, and they figured out how much money they're going to need to mm -hmm. say like, you know, do this for like a month. How long would your advice be of like, how much, how long would you think before like I'm going to have this much cash, how much cash should I have? Like, should I, do you think like planning for three months is good? Two months is good. Eight months is good. What, like if I'm just starting off, like I'm, I'm, or I'm planning to, you know, go off on my own. What, what's a nice comfortable nest egg of like, this is my, my base. Would you say to start with? Yeah. I think it it, it kind of totally depends because mm -hmm. I, I think it depends on like if you're starting and you're like mm -hmm. I have no idea if I have a route to earning any money here right then in that case you're like you're going to need a bit of a buffer mm -hmm. give yourself three months give yourself six months and make sure that you've got enough on hand to kind of sustain you in case things do not do not take off in a way that you are hoping mm -hmm. if on the other hand you are starting and you know that you're like well i know i've got these kind of two commissions coming in and i know i've got some money here or like i've got these contracts and i've got this money coming in and i can kind of bank that then all the while your kind of your cash buffer can kind of come down and mm -hmm. and, and you can uh you can take confidence from that as well and and um you don't need quite so much on hand so right. um but you know once you're up and running um uh, in the early days um uh, you might need um uh you might have slightly less cash on hand but you know once you're up and running three months cash on hand is always kind of a, a kind of a reassuring way to go it's a as a total rule of thumb like pandemic hits make sure you've maybe got three months cash on on hand there's is not is not a bad place to be would you say that because of the pandemic that the number should change? Um, again, I think it comes down to your down to your circ down to circumstances and down to your um, and down to your appetite for risk. I think, um, yeah, probably yes, a little bit. You know, give yourself a little more a little a little more buffer if you can, um, but. 
Um, oftentimes that's just, that's not necessarily possible. You know, if you find your income evaporates, then, you know, building up a cash buffer is kind of the last thing that you might have on your mind. You're kind of more concerned with your sort of managing on a day-to-day -day basis and making sure you've got enough money to kind of, to keep on the road. In essence, that's when, that's the period in which the cash buffer is likely to be kind of used up. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it kind of, and that's something you could talk about with in your little, in your date, right? If it's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is where I think I've got the three commissions coming in. And I think I've got a, a good shot at a couple contracts down the road. How much should I do for this? And how that's, that's like, that's good first date talk, right? With your, yeah, exactly. with your potential that's accountant. Totally that's totally what we do. We will set a target and say, this is how much cash you might need. Mm -hmm. um, and this is based on, uh, you know, these three commissions and these, uh, these are the contracts that we might have coming in. This is how much you might hit by month six. And this is a good level to be at. And then this is, uh, you know, a couple of months later, you might start building up even more cash. So that's the time to start, you know, putting that cash to work and investing it back in your business. Um, whether that's more people or working on your branding or, um, um, moving into a bigger space, um, but that's that's exactly what we do at that kind of first date conversation. Okay, so I have Sorry. a different scenario as a first date. So what if I I'm fresh, like super fresh? I'm mm -hmm. just graduated. I'm about to graduate, or I'm I've just graduated. I have no income. What, what what do I need to know? The world is just empty. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I want a first date because I suppose I should prepare myself and be well prepared. So mm -hmm. what, could, what could that be? What could a good first date topic be? Because, you know, I shouldn't come up to you and be like, I've got nothing. I need your help because that's not, you know, that's not good sexy talk. So, but I would like to be prepared. So what should I do? Um, so you want to start, you want to start your own thing. You, you want to uh, get started. Um, so I want to be a full-time artist. That's like the dream. I've just finished art school or I'm about to finish art school. That's the dream. That's the dream that we're only taught that we're supposed to be doing. So what, what is a good first date? Chat. So I guess we talk about if somebody came to us and, had, and asked this and asked that question, we talk about all of the various different things that you would need to do. Maybe so if you were based in the UK, we we talk a little bit about the the taxes that you have to pay, so the the income tax that you had to pay and the and the timings of that. We talk a little bit about um, you know we'd make some estimates around how much money you might hope to generate from from your practice. We talk about the different routes to market, whether or not uh, you were going to work with with galleries uh, or kind of independent group shows, or kind of whether you kind of build an audience online and and kind of and try to and, and kind of sell direct to your to your audience. So we'd maybe talk about the different ways that you could kind of reach people. Um, and um we would we talk about the kind of expenses that you might need to that you might incur so we talk about materials we uh we talk about kind of your your website and and how you might promote yourself to start to kind of build a picture of like okay 
you've got you've got nothing right now but what are the steps that you might need to go through and we probably just kind of leave that individual with a bunch more questions but like at least they then know the questions to think through before they came before they came back and the next step would be like hey come back talk to us and we'll try and think in a little bit more detail and um and take that on a step um and actually help you get set up with hmrc with a company's house if you wanted to become a company all of those things i think it's a really good point is that you can leave a meeting with more questions to think through. And that's actually a really good thing, especially if you're starting off on something new, because I think when we don't talk about enough and by we, I don't mean the three of us, I mean, you know, the general, but I think that we, when we start off, we don't really know, you don't know what you don't know. And talking to other people and finding out other things, it's like, well, what do you want? Do you want to have it be a gallery? Do you want it to be direct to sales? And it's like, Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Um, is why Erica's uh, to practice practice is so good because it's like, do you want to be a commercial artist? Do you want to be an academic artist? Like what? Like you don't know what to ask yourself yet, and are you going to be paying yourself? Or are you going to maybe you need to get a job for a while? And can you support yourself on part time work right. while doing these things? Exactly. And if you don't know to ask, or you don't know to even be thinking about it, that's another great thing. And it's not necessarily because I think we can have a misconception of like when you leave a meeting or a studio visit or a mentor meeting or, you know, an informational and you're coming out and you've got 20 new questions to think about. And then you're like, Oh, that was a bust. Or maybe that was, that wasn't as productive. Actually, that's incredibly productive because now you can help go forward in a more, in a more directional, like a purposeful direction, because now it's like, oh, okay, these are the things I need to think about that I didn't even know I had before. Yeah, because like so often you can kind of sit in front of a search engine and be like, I have all of humanity's knowledge in front of me. How do I even <laughs> right. begin this thing? Where do you direct so, this, this river? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like you kind of need somebody to be like, OK, type in these five questions or like ask these five questions. Think like let's compartmentalize it into these into these different areas. And um, uh, and it gives you a route into beginning to and to begin to even conceiving of, of starting something on your own, which can feel so daunting when you uh, are at kind of ground, right at ground level. Mm -hmm. So that's really great too. Cause I think that's another thing that like, if that people should know uh, that if you are going to go in for your first date, you know, to try, you know, start dating some, you know, accountants to figure out what you need that you can go in and you can ask, like, I don't know what I need yet. Where do I need to be? Like, pointed yeah and you don't have to have 15 questions like ready for what you you know it's good to have some ideas but you don't have to have you know complete comprehensive guide of like this is all of the stuff i need but having you know that'd be a good way to find a good fit of like where do i need to be looking and where do i need to be planning and what direction should i be looking in and then having someone who knows more than you Kind of pointing you in a, in a good direction or at least giving you good information so you can find out what direction you're going to yeah for sure that's really great i don't think we talk about that enough and again not us because we're talking about it right now but the general we that like you can no go but i don't think that people also talk about this in a very holistic ecosystem yeah. way like exactly. I, this is so the, that's why i'm really interested in what practice does is because i'm just like oh this is a very new way of talking talking about it it shouldn't be a new way because 
we talk to other humans, like we obviously <laughs> understand that, like we have conversation, but yet for unknown reasons in the accountancy, in the finance, like this has never been brought up to not only just the creative industry, just like to any industry full stop, let alone the creative industry, which is just like, please go away. I don't want to talk to you because we don't ever want to think about money because we do things because we love it and we've got magical powers. Obviously. Yeah. And, and I think kind of too often in the past, uh, you know, I'm talking about slightly larger, you know, like more established kind of smaller businesses, maybe you'd be like, uh, I need to talk to an accountant about this really specific thing. And then right. they would be in a unique position to be like, oh, and by the way, if we're doing this, you probably need to talk to a lawyer. And the lawyer might be like, oh, and you need to talk to like a HR professional. And man, how do you kind of piece all that together as a small business owner? Like you can't be the glue that binds all of those specialisms together. So we started practice because to, to resolve that exact problem, it's like we're in a kind of a privileged position where somebody's kind of talking to us about their business and we can be like, okay, you need to think about not just this one discipline, but all of these other interdisciplinary issues. Um, and we can be the sort of glue that kind of binds all of those, all of those things together into a more kind of all in one, all in one package. Um, and there are, t and, you know, there are times where we, um, uh, you know, we're a pretty, we're a pretty small team. There's a, there's about five of us and our, you know, our knowledge is, is finite. So where uh, we, uh, uh, we also work with uh, other uh, with kind of other partners, so other specialists. So whether things that we don't know, we can just be a troubleshooter and be like, okay, we don't know this, but go speak to this particular lawyer or this particular, and, and we can kind of help, um, help kind of troubleshoot and solve those issues kind of from start, from start to finish. Um, rather than being like, you know what, you're on your own on this one, right. which is I think, really <laughs> being... Our job starts here, it ends here, that's it, the rest is go fly, push you out of the oh, nest, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's really great. Cause I think that exactly the holistic way when we keep everything so siloed, it's, it's very easy to, you know, think that like, this is where it ends. Like, this is it. I have this very specific tax question. I have this very specific, you know, um, Contract question. question. Exactly. Yeah, and then, but it is, there are things that are, tied to that, which is HR, which is legal, which is, you know, whatever your other things are in your business. And if we don't acknowledge that, then it can be very, or if your accountant doesn't acknowledge it or your lawyer doesn't acknowledge it, you know, then you kind of get to an end and then there's a bunch still that needs to be done. The worst is when they're just like, well, why didn't you come to me earlier? I know. <laughs> you're like no i don't know or <laughs> like no i do know what i what my thing was because I was, I was talking about this with a friend i actually had two different people ask me about accountants in the last two weeks which i thought was timely um but the because it's the end of the year of course we're going to be doing this but the other thing is um is i knew it's not that i didn't have like my mom bugging me about like what my job was and contributing to my 401k when I was 25. I just honestly couldn't afford it. Looking back, I could have, but no one told me that like putting $10 a month into a savings account was better than no dollars a month into a savings account. Um, yeah. I just thought I'm like, well, if it's not going to be a thousand dollars a month, then it's not worth it. Which yeah. now that I'm the ripe 
age of 37, I'm like, God damn it. I wish I had been putting $10, you know, compound growth, but I didn't know. And I also didn't know that, you know, I could have one person to talk to that like maybe, you know, spending whatever it would have cost for one meeting um, would have been worth it. And, you know, hindsight 2020, hindsight 2020, but that there are things that you can do that are small, even if you're broke, even if you're, you know, paycheck to paycheck that you can do to maximize your future and to build, you know, because $10 a month, it does add up. And if you can do it when you can, it's amazing. And it can totally save your butt sometimes. You can future you will thank you. Future you will thank you so much. Um, and not to be one of those people like, well, you shouldn't get that latte today. Like whatever I'm, especially right now, get the fucking latte. It's like, you need it. We, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, I'm not asking you not to live, but there are, it would have been nice if I had had, you know, the foresight to have talked to somebody who had the knowledge earlier on, as opposed to just kind of shutting it out because it seemed scary and too big. Yeah. And I think like one of the challenges for us so in 2021 is going to be, you know, we've been running for about 18 months now and the principle has always been that we will grow at the same speed as our, as our clients. We, we will grow with them. Um, and, and that has, uh, and that has served us pretty well over the first coming up two years. But there is a, one of the things that we've really seen over the last uh, over the last year is that um, it, it is the kind of um, the individual who's either not yet started or is just about to start out um, who um, is kind of intimidated by the idea of of hiring an accountant, even kind of the whole kind of speed dating session. So I think one of the challenges for us is going to be thinking about how we can kind of reach those those people in a kind of a in a, a cost effective um, and really impactful way. Um, so and to kind of, kind of share the share the expertise and the sort of experience that we've that we've gathered. And so. Um, uh, that's going to be a big part of our thinking for the next 12 months, I think. I'm not saying that you guys need a Valentine's Day date and accountant special going on on your Instagram marketing aspect of like what you're going to do for 2021. But if you did, I think it would be successful. And I would only take 10% of whatever your finders are. <laughs> Done. Um, because I do think, well, because that's the thing. I mean, even just hearing you say hire an accountant, and I know what you're talking about. Um, that sounds daunting. That sounds yeah. daunting. That sounds so like a daunting. Thing. And, and I know, like, I don't need that. Right. And then I it's know. also, I'm like, I'm like, there's not, I'm not making enough money to need an accountant. Um, but really, guys, and I don't mean this in like a horrible way. Like, you can't afford to not have one. Um, and I think our industry is changing a lot. I think kind of where do you find an, an accountant like i think a good place to go is, is actually instagram like we um there are a bunch of really good like small accountants setting up and tiktok on too guys fintalk is amazing yeah so the social media aspect of accounting sorry i know you're just going to say this but i just have to emphasize it's been mm. it has changed the way i like have been thinking about in, about accounting in the last like six to 12 months of like my exposure to the way people are talking about this. And I'm just like, Oh my God, if I had this information when I was fucking 21 Um, and it was out there, I just didn't know how to find it. So sorry, keep going. 
And actually on that point, I think like we need more kind of financial literacy and more kind of uh, financial learning than ever before, because, you know, time was like, I don't know, I'm talking kind of like 20, 30 years ago. It's like you would go and talk to a bank manager or like you would, uh, I, I, I think. You have so much right. more like, uh, like, the kind of the financial industry, financial services industry is so much kind of bigger and broader now. And like, you can download an app and be kind of like spread betting with like a few clicks on your phone. And like, and um, there are all these quite complex financial products out there that you kind of need to, that are easy to get into. And, um, but actually you need to be, you need to know about it and we need to be teaching people about it far far better so that they can navigate that whole world far better than than we do right now yep. Yep. i would much prefer to go and speak to someone because i know the chances are i will download the app and then i would start clicking and be like, i have no idea what it's saying and then it's just like i don't know if this is worse like is it worse? because now i've taken the first step but then it's so frustrating that I'm just like what the fuck is happening here well it's hard because if you have the apps and it's like it's telling me that I'm spending this much on my travel this much on my groceries this much on my whatever if I'd say it's a budgeting app is that good is that bad is that like a high amount is that a low amount like how much should I be spending on my materials how much should I be spending on my rent even my yeah. income um and you know you can google that question you're going to get like some really weird answers, especially because that are not necessarily applicable to the creative industries. Um, but I also love like, just like the idea that like people are on Instagram who are really encouraging of financial literacy. And that is one, a really good place to start because if somebody wants you to know for free, they're think about all the information they're going to give you when you pay them. That's yep. really great. Um, and then also, this is also where, you know, we can really kind of clear up some of like when people talk about privilege, like this is like, if you're lucky, like maybe your parents have a financial advisor accountant that you could have gotten in with. And then you haven't had to worry about this since you were 18 or since you got your first job or your first in your first income, because they were able to tell you where this needed to go. And it was already set up through, you know, your parents. And that's great. I do not begrudge anybody that like, that's amazing. But not all of us did and but you can find it on your own and the people who want to help you like the people who are giving out the help uh are it's just it's just that's a really really good place to start because it's just yeah. it's transparent and it's giving and it's a convert they're already starting the conversation it is and i think you know we talked a lot about hey talk to an account but actually i think also when you're starting out like peer support is like so so valuable like talk to people who are like a year two years three years ahead of you and and just kind of download everything that they've learned and you know whether it's kind of resources or um uh like ways of working and um um just talk to people don't just talk to your accountant. Also, I think that creatives have a very unique expenditure or the way things that you can write off. And even if you have parents who have financial managers, if I'm not really sure if you can go and say to your, your parents' financial manager being like, I bought a tube of paint. <laughs> um, 
I think I can write this off or I've got some gesso or I, I, because it's so unique, like the way you would operate within the creative sector, it's not, it's not that every financial manager would have the literacy to actually adequately guide you. And I think that's where something like practice is really helpful because you'd, I would be like, I have a tube of paint. What, what do I do now with this receipt? Can yeah. I, like I now I'm having a studio because it's COVID and now I use a third of my flat to be a studio. How can I write that off? And it's just, you know, like there's different segments that you have to need. You need to have a specific expertise in. And even if you have somebody who has set up your finances and et cetera, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily, it's better than not having someone, obviously. Yes. But then it's not necessarily super applicable because then you start getting into the specifics. It's like, then, then what happens? And so, and because the creative industry, the accountancy is different. So it's not like as if it's like normal knowledge that everyone would have, that even if the financial manager would, may or may not actually have a network that is able to answer that question so then what do you do you know you're just like gone going back to the app or you're going back to google and you're just like i don't know what to do that's true especially like with art stuff because it's not even like the pain but it's like what if you like bought ten thousand toothpicks yeah you know what if you have tara donovan well i mean yeah oh my god that's exactly who i was thinking about i was exactly i was like man i was like wonder what like tara donovan does and she's like okay i've ordered four hundred thousand styrofoam cups um how do i yeah what do i do now and um but because it is because then it's it's not always uh, the materials of artists and creative industries are definitely not always paint and canvas which like that's like basic but if you're talking about you know some of these like other things it's like ooh, can i write off this like home depot run of or you know who knows what i'm not even gonna get into the things that i've had to buy for artists um but so it's really nice to like be able to find somebody who's because i think also it's, it's nice to have someone who understands and who can like encourage those kinds of expenditures as opposed to someone who might be afraid of those kind of expenditures because yeah. to someone who is you know uh straight-laced finance dude who's like your you know your lawyer dad's guy <laughs> uh four hundred thousand be like why do you like i that? don't know what you're doing in your spare time i don't should i call your father like what's happening here um <laughs> is this art i don't know uh, i went to the mat i never saw anything like this before um so it's nice to have people who can understand and like respond to that kind of stuff because it is absolutely unique it's true. I can just imagine that because, like, yes, I can. I I can understand what you're trying to make, and there's no judgment. Yeah, so you're like, yeah, that's just art. It's yeah, art. completely. And um, and you know, and uh, like, uh, an accountant will be able to help you find out what those tax breaks are. Um, they'll help you think about stuff that you might not otherwise have thought of. And you know, in the right situation, they'll be able to kind of you know, you'll save the fee that you pay them on the kind of tax breaks that you get. That's kind of, there's, so there's, there's kind of that thinking in there as well. And it's an investment. Um, it's also like, it's an investment in your future. Because when you have all of these admin things, like you said, it's, it's so much easier to get it done ahead of time than it is having to go back and like try to retroactively fix up some hiccups. It really is. Uh, it's a big investment in peace of mind. Yes. Um, 
which is huge, guys. I think we really learned that in 2020. Peace of yeah. mind is a really, a really priceless uh, asset. So I look forward to your um, Valentine's Day ad. I know. I'm really excited about it, guys. Yeah, yeah the campaign um, starts here. <laughs> very, very for that. <laughs> That'll be the thing. That'll be amazing. And so, Nick, what have you been reading, watching, or listening to this week? Uh, well, um, uh, I've been, I've actually been watching um, a lot of Tom Hanks movies, um, which doesn't exactly mark me out as an arbiter of high culture, but like, actually, <laughs> at the beginning of lockdown, uh, so February this year, me and a bunch of friends watched, I think we watched Apollo 13. And then every week since then, every Tuesday night, we've watched a Tom Hanks film together. And Does we've he got have a Hanks that many? Movie. Yes. Um, turns out there's 52 Tom Hanks movies out there. Oh, um, my God. Like in which he is kind of the, the kind of lead, the kind of lead role. So we've been watching quite a lot of Tom, Tom Hanks movies in this kind of weekly homage. We're about 26 weeks through and it's getting quite tiring. <laughs> um, that has to say yeah. something. I know you say this, I mean, that has to say something for as like an artist who can freaking give that you guys have gotten through 26 weeks and not quit because he is a gift that keeps on giving. But also I can see how that would be. He's, it started because he was kind of like a reassure, the reassuring actor for uncertain times. And uh, so we worked with that for a little while. That, and that's been kind of genuinely a really nice way to kind of come together with, with, with friends. Is, uh, this, is it time-based or is it just... Weird? Yes, I was thinking and about I'm like, are we going like from... Is it know, like, yeah. Chronological <laughs> or is it just like, oh, I'm feeling like... We've given film? ourselves license to kind of jump around in his oeuvre. So there's a time, there are times when we're like, Do you know what, we really need a screwball 80s comedy this week because last week we watched Cloud Atlas and wow. We need something, <laughs> something else. Yeah. Uh, oh. so yeah, a lot of Tom Hanks stuff. Um, and I've been listening to uh, Adrian Lenka, her songs and instrumentals album, which is incredibly beautiful and um, has been really amazing. Um, and I've been reading, in terms of reading, I've, I've been reading June for quite a long time because I know the movie's coming out. And, and I've been meaning to read that for a while, but I've also been reading a bunch of magazines. So like I read uh, in the UK and I think in the US now, there's a magazine called Courier, um, which is um, for um, kind of, it's kind of about startup culture really. And, and it's actually a really, really good place also for people to, a magazine for people to pick up if, they're, if, they want, if they're starting their own thing. Tons of really valuable advice, tons of really good kind of, um, uh, like profiles and features of, of people who are doing really cool creative business things. Um, so Courier Magazine too, I'm pretty glued to. Amazing, I love that. Uh, will you please let our listeners know where they can find you on the interwebs? They can find us on uh, at wearepractice.com. They can find us on Instagram at wearepractice. Um, those are our two main places. Amazing. I'll put all that guys in the link or in the blurby 
I'll put all the links. And I am Alexis Hyde. You can find me at Hyde or Die. I am Erica Wong. You can find me at To Practice Practice. And uh, if you are listening to this on Apple, if you don't mind liking and reviewing, it helps uh, the algorithm. It helps it, it helps it get it out to more people. Um, so, and thank you again. And until next time, bye. Bye. bye.